We are rolling, and Mike is going downstairs to uh, get one of my favorite people of all time. I've known him for 25 years. We go way back to a little station on Long Island called WBAB. I was doing a little radio show called Opie's Nighttime Attitude, and uh, a local comic came walking through that back door, and we became instant friends. I'm talking about Jim Brewer. And man, do we have a lot to catch up on. He's currently on tour with Metallica. He does a podcast with his wife. What? That's right. Him and D do a podcast now. And it's great. It's not necessarily funny. It's uh, those two talking about real life. Talking about being married for, I think, 25 years or close to that. Them talking about raising three teenage daughters. Also, the podcast uh, has Jim on the road checking in. It's 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 a really, really good podcast. I enjoy it a lot. I can't wait to talk to him about that as well. I hear his goddamn voice! Doing Jim that. Brewer! <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you? How are you, man? Where have you been, Hammer? We started already. Oh, good. This is what I do. Where are, where am I at? You can do that. Unless we can, we can turn this off and then we don't have to start yet. No, start. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing like a like a slick intro for you. I like it. And I realized as I was doing the slick intro, 25 years, bro. At least. 25 fucking years. Is this mic on there, Mike A? I think it is. Use this one? All right, use that one. Use that. Yes. Oh, wow. That works. Um, no, I, I was talking about how we met. When I was at WBAB out there on Long Island, yeah, I was just a schmuck trying to get things done, uh, doing a nighttime radio show, and you were pretty local still, yeah, uh, but was. about to, but about to explode. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> I'm talking about what, where were you in your career in 1993? 93, just moved back to Long Island from Florida, right. And I came up here and I went, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on television and movies and and blah blah blah. And then in six, seven months It all started happening, yeah, right? I got the uh, I got my first T V show, the Uptown Comedy Club. Right. All all black show. Yeah. And I was I feel like a child. You can't <laughs> see, see this, this right now. <laughs> but my chair is literally a foot off the ground. I'm taking a and Opie's looking at me like a principal, and I'm the I'm the kid in detention. I'm taking this picture. I'm so sorry. Why right. did you eat that? Th- I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel I'm going to be waiting. I'm a fat kid. You can use that stool over there, there, Jim Brewer. But anyway, I, I was doing the intro, and, and I realized, oh, my God, I've known this guy for 25 years. Yeah. And you come in and out of my life, but you're always... But you're always there for me. It's weird. You're one of those guys like, yeah. I, I could go a year, two years without talking to you, and then we pick up where we were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how I feel. This was good. When I saw it today, I went, Opie. <laughs> He's still around? Nice. <laughs> right. I thought he left. This is fantastic. Well, I did, I did leave, and we have a lot to talk about, but I do want to start by asking, uh, how's D? D right now is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife, for those you don't know, she's stage four breast cancer, which means it's it, show's over. Right. So she lives on a trial in Philadelphia. Right. Uh, and right now, you know, right now everything's good. She's the last one on a trial, but the only major successful one. She's 
half the tumors have completely disappeared. Right. And the rest have all shrunk. She has no growing ones or... So for the time being, everything's really cool, and we live month to month and day to day, and we go, all right, cool. Let's see. Here's another one. That, so everything's good so far. You told me about a year ago. I yeah. was in Philly, and all of a sudden, I look at my wife, and I'm like, Brewer's calling, you know? And I was excited to um, to talk to you, and all of a sudden, you, you hit me with that news. It fucking floored me, bro. <laughs> I know. I it fucking that. floored me. I, I was like, I don't know if I said the right things to the guy. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but for real, I was like, I was devastated for you. Well, it was, uh, you know, yeah, it's one of those moments when the doctor looks at you and goes, so uh, there's nothing we could do. Uh, maybe it'll last a year. Um, we have drugs to help you with the pain. And I remember the doctor really said that, and I went, um, excuse me. Yeah. Is yes, sir. I went. Is there any drugs I can have? Is this pain? <laughs> I don't mean to and laugh. No, no, no. I don't mean to laugh. D laughed really hard. I went for the laugh. I right. went for the laugh. Right. Hey, your wife's gonna die. All right, let me find a joke. Right. And we both laughed really hard. Doctor didn't think it was funny. Doctor didn't know who I was. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you sick bastard! Gave me a look. And um, so, so far, so good. We go to Philly once a month and do the treatment, and so far it's working. Well, what do you uh, contribute to success so far? And, and I think they do by she eats really well. She doesn't drink whatsoever. Right. So I'm, I'm assuming that helps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some will say it's her faith. Yeah, she's a very faithful she's woman. She's super, yeah, she's into it. Wait, she's more of the, I'm spiritual. She's more like, in the Bible it says, yeah, well, right. I never read it. I, lo- I love that you just said that. I have so much to talk to you about. But I was going to ask you, uh, where's your faith at now that you're, oh, God, you're going stronger. through this? Stronger? Yeah, because I looked at as, I look at life as nothing's deserved. We right. don't know what we're we're going into. Right. So- if it were to end now, I'm so thankful that that's who I got to spend 25 plus years left to protect my ass, to make me go on a journey, have children with me, be my best friend. Some people never have one year. Right. Some people never get that. I had 25 killer years. Can't thank you. And I don't know what I did to deserve that. I mean, greatest time I let. Thank you. I, I'm more thankful. And she's been there every step of the way, man. Yeah, giving you career nothing. advice. I uh, yes. I started listening to your podcast. Oh, did you hear the one we bickered? <laughs> yes, I did. I wanted to wring her neck. I, I know you did, but but knowing that she's still really going through this, she's got stage four breast cancer. Yeah. You listen to the podcast where you guys are a married couple. What do you call yourselves? Uh, warriors. Warriors. Marriage Thank warriors. you. Marriage warriors. Let's dip into ninety seconds of the Jim Brewer podcast where you can obviously hear why they've lasted 25 years and are still going strong. Get it at Apple Podcast. Here's Dee and Jim working out the small stuff and doing it in a healthy fashion. Take note, gentlemen. But it was getting it was getting heat, but may I just say, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I started listening to it, and you're going, it's conversational. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And when I when I listened to it, <laughs> you were conversational, and I was getting 
extremely what, defensive. We have this sign in our house that says, you know, we plan and God laughs because you're a planner and I have learned to just sit back and ride with it because every time I plan, I go into a tornado of hell. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. I'm sorry. And I'm I have sorry. to say, stop touching the microphone. Okay, well, I noticed a couple of times I had a hard time hearing you. So. Well, just, just don't move anything. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so we wanted to show people that, like... We argue. I told we them. We argue. Without you knowing it, I recapped it. And I said, I want people to know that, we, that we're not perfect. No, and it was but getting heated, and, and I, I, I put the kibosh on it because... Nobody needs to hear us bickering back and forth like a tennis match. And right. But just to let you know, it did end with Jim, Jim went outside for about 10 <laughs> seconds to regroup and came back in laughing. So I thank you for that because I would not have been laughing. I would have been like, bye, see ya. And you would not know that she's battling no. stage four cancer. She is beyond present, right. which we all could learn from because none of us are present. No. None of us are present living the moment. And I, she's living the moment still, Jim Brewer. She is. I had a couple of her family members step up to me like, listen, you have to, you know, reconsider the amount you travel and, you know, because you come in contact. I said, listen, 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 listen. I, 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 get, I get your concern. Right. We don't live that way. Right. We, we can get hit by a car. I'm not going to live. Don't. Don't wash your hands 24-7. Don't go near my wife. I can't travel anymore. I may get something on the plane. You can't live like that. Yeah. We live it to the fullest. She's spending all my money, which is really pissing me off. <laughs> She's using this death card just to a kill too me. Much. Yes. <laughs> right. And we want a new deck? Okay. Yeah, but I want the best wood in the world. Why? <laughs> right. It's shipped in from Brazil. What? <laughs> Why are we doing this? Right. And I want a pool house. We're six figures now. We just started no saving. Kidding. No kidding. God. Because I heard that on the podcast. I was confused. I've been to your house and it's like. Oh, uh, wait till you see. Oh, it's, 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 oh. It, sounds like it's like, it sounds like it should be in a magazine, this house It now. is. You used it's, to play wiffle ball over here. You used to have a yes. trampoline over here. We would look at the deer every yes. once in a while. Oh, wait. It was a nice house, but it wasn't like. Oh, wait till you see it now. It looks like we're the cover of the Anirondacks magazine. It's, <laughs> oh, my God. We have this wraparound deck now that goes on for 50 feet, and it's the best wood in the world, and there's the roofs on it. Like, oh! <laughs> I, what are we doing? What do you, I want to sit out on my deck. Okay. Right. And then the let, uh, it's, you know, yeah, cause I'd be a billionaire. Yeah. Well, you were never that guy that I know of. You, no. You lived nice, but you weren't ever over the top with fancy cars and crazy. No. You know, you you lived. I got uh, a brand new Honda right now. I'm oh, killing it. Oh, beautiful. But my, my <laughs> but my point is going back to it. I I in the podcast I hear you're not an organized religion guy. She no, is whatsoever. None. I, I hate organized Me religion. Too. But in recent years, I became way more spiritual. And to hear Me you too. talk about spirituality in the podcast, like. Yeah. I think you were talking about just sitting on your deck and yes. just, just taking it in and yes. not worrying about what's on your phone or no. on the news or no. this and that. You just sat there before the craziness of uh, raising three teenagers yeah. and your wife who's sick. You sit out 
on your deck yes. and just take in the moment and, and, and breathe. Yeah, I, I do that. I try to do it every single day. I try to take at least 15, 20 minutes, complete silence, no phone. I want to hear. I walk away. I just came off the road. Right. So if I can't get it in the hotel, I'll take a walk outside and I, and I'll just find a place where right. it's quiet and I go, hey, man, whatever you want me to do, whatever's supposed to come. Should I call my daughter today? Should I help someone out? What can I do to make life better today? Just put it on me and I, and, I'll, and just make me figure it out because I'm stupid. And then everything's clear and I get answers. Yeah. And then we're off to the races. Do you meditate? Are you that far into it? I would call it meditation. I wouldn't. Uh... Well, there's a lot of forms of meditation. You know, the traditional where you sit there and focus on your breath and do a mantra. I don't. But there's also like walking the beach and trying to just uh, just quiet the mind and I'm listen more to that. the ocean. Yeah. That's, I'm more that. that. In a lot of ways, that's just as good. That's me. That's my happy place, by the way. I sit at beach? Yeah, and just oh, walk God. in the beach. But oh, yeah. But uh, (laughs) if I told you what I do. No, I want to hear it. I don't know if you're going to laugh or not. No, I'm probably right there with you. I mean, my my wife's uh, yoga, meditation, so I'm in. I'm I'm really in and getting deeper and deeper. So I download uh, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday. I I love it. <laughs> See, I like this brewery too. This is great. I'm waiting for the first finger. No, this is what happens when you have children. You think? Absolutely. You're on a deeper when you have kids, you hit a deeper plane of humanity. You think? You I know. Yeah. It's not I think, I know. Yeah. You instantly change as a person when when you see a kid pop out. Yes. Because you're like, where the hell did you just come from? It I, is the most confusing thing ever is it is it one of the happiest days of my life of course but there were so many unanswered questions it's unanswered questions it's a, a full-blown new responsibility and you look back on your life and you go what the fuck was i doing right am i allowed to curse on here yeah please oh, do what, what am i supposed to, what were we doing that led up to this it yeah. just seems like such a blur and a waste like what do you I don't know. Not that I don't have respect for anyone, but like, what do you, so what do you do? You just you go to a bar and then you you watch a game and <laughs> and you go golfing <laughs> right. and you go out again on Saturday. And, you, and you, what do you guys do? Oh, we hang out. <laughs> right. I did that when I was twelve. I don't. I don't regret those days, but it's, I don't either. It's hard to remember those days. Remember it's hard to remember my life before uh, my wife came into my life and my kids. And you're at the balance. And the guy behind you doesn't want any of that. Well, I think you want the wife, right, Mike? Definitely want the wife. He does not want to have the kids. He's not ready for kids. Look at his face. (laughs) His face says everything. He's got this. He's got this. You know, he looks like a turtle when it first comes to land, like a baby turtle. It's just (laughs) like, "Ah, what am I doing? I live on the land. I live in the water. What am I doing? Do I eat leaves? What's going on? Is someone going to pick me out? He's he's got these beady eyes where he's just ready to discover the world. He's a detective. Yeah. NYPD. He's hardcore. In real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's seen some shit, this guy. Oh, he's seen stuff. Yeah, he's he's been to the war, man. And, wow. And, and just uh, for reference point, he's a, a old school ONA fan. He goes way back. He knows more uh, about- You know th- why I knew that? How? Just the way he greeted me. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like, yeah, 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 coming this way. I went, all right, he knows. He's like, ah, Mike. I said, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I met him, I guess, when he was 16. He's now like uh, upper 30s. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I just yeah. I was just um, in Canada, and I did a whole bunch of places. O&A is still huge. Yeah, I know it is. Now, how does that feel? I don't know. It's sort of like, now you know how I feel like, you know, SNL. The co- yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I guess uh, I'm happy that uh, we made a difference in people's lives and made their right. commute a lot better and all, but I am so past that now. Now you know how I always feel. And, and I heard on your podcast, too, like every time I listen to you, I'm like, God damn, we're on the same path, yeah, man, this are. guy. Even though yeah. we don't really hang on a regular basis, we're always on the same path. Yes. And you were talking about how, um, you know, you got a newer audience, you know, and yep. you're doing newer things, but then there are so many people out there that never went uh, for the ride with you, and they just know you as Goat Boy from SNL, right. Dave Chappelle, right. Half Baked, and that's yeah. all the fuck they know. That's and you wish you could grab those people and move them along with the <laughs> with the journey you're yes. on, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm more enthralled by the people that follow me on the journey now. That that they excite me more. I'm glad that there's the old people. Sure, I love that, but. It doesn't. It's it's like, hey man, I still live in Long Island. Okay. Yeah. I've been out of there for thirty years. <laughs> hey, you still play stickball? No, I'm fifty and uh, I got kids and I drive a Honda. No, I don't play stickball. Right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I don't play for whom the bell tolls anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't walk down the street with my six double D batteries and yeah. my boombox right. saying priest rules. Yeah, but it, it's the same as there are things in our life. That brings us right back to a time where yeah. we do that for people. Yes. So to them, it's like O&A or, or Jim Brewer. We do that for those people. Yes. You know? So in that sense, If it's I hear cool stupid thing. Phil Collins, I get very excited because there was a time I, I loved Genesis and I loved uh, the early stages of his solo career. I could feel it coming <laughs> in you know, And we do that for people. And I think that's okay, but I, uh, I, I have moved on. I moved on a long fucking so, time ago. Well, man. clearly, because you're... Oprah on Sundays. Yeah. What's going on there? What does she do? Super Soul Sunday. She talks to uh, people from all talks of life about their spirituality. Really? And it's really- I love that. And it's sort of like uh, my version of going to church. Because for the longest time, I I was brought up Catholic, and um, I turned my back on the church. I was like, these stories are so stupid. So stupid. And I'm like, and you change the rules every year. So what happens to the people that broke the rules are supposedly in hell, but now it's okay to do this thing? And then it didn't help that the priests were, you know, doing what they were doing. Correct. It's a hideout. And it felt like it was a really closed-minded way to look at um, God in general and and uh, and I'll say spirituality you I think you live spirituality well and 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 the church and organized religion is more of a dogma and I think I, I think feel, a lot of people that go through those doors aren't really learning the lessons they're like just checking a box I went to church this week yeah I'm not saying D does that because I she she lives her she faith. lives it but yes she's lived it more the last couple of years when she first discovered she, it was more like you know the lord says this and the bible says this and like yeah well i didn't hear that and i live that so right. what are you talking about and and uh she needed to get out of the book and like listen it's all right to talk the talk you're not walking the walk right no one cares if you talk the talk right it means nothing you got to start walking and living it right and uh it's where do you guys find common ground between those two? Because they're very different. 
we just know. We just know not to go there. Really? I don't debate. I'm not in the business of debating. If And she made it clear, like, are you trying to ruin my back? I'm like, no, no, no. We tried a couple times where <laughs> I, 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 I look at it this way. If Jesus existed. Um, I, think I, he, I think he existed. I think he. That part ex- I, I believe. I believe he existed. Yeah. I have a hard time walking on water and making wine and all that jazz. Yes. I think he had a way and he was the first one and people like, oh, that guy's, guy's great. And of course, they're like, he's starting a lot of trouble. <laughs> this some bitch has people growing beards and where we can't have it. Right. He's modern day John Lennon, sir. <laughs> We're going to have to take this some bitch out. He he's plays a, a banjo and they're going crazy. He's a snowflake. He's a snowflake. He's a liberal. He's as liberal as they come. That's why it drives me nuts with these people that <laughs> love Trump also, also love their faith. They, listen, it doesn't really match up. It, that's Cause, another cause, whole thing. I know it is because Jesus world. was as liberal as they come. He wouldn't want he wouldn't want Trump building that wall, my friends. Right, that's another whole thing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's we can't go there. That's that's another whole mad. That's a whole another whole layer of madness. Right. Um. That's brainwashing on a whole new level. Yeah. So. But yeah, the but ways. Can I say? Ways. Can I say this, and then we can move on? because yeah. we all deal with it. Uh, like families are breaking up, friendships are breaking up because of where you fall politically. It's insane what's going on with that stuff. That's brainwashing. I don't. I never believed in politics. Same with I've me. I've always been screaming the anthem. Stop watching the news and politics. Is you don't need politics. This is part of a civilization that we're born into, which is a slavery on a whole new level. It's like we're not going to chain you up. We're going to mentally chain you up. And we're going to mentally – okay, go to school. This is what you learn. This is what happened in the 20s. This is how you speak. And and nobody sees it. You take two people talking about politics. Yeah. Neither one know what they're talking about. You know what they know what they're talking about? Everything they're watching, the screaming on Fox News, the screaming on the, the opposite liberal side, that's their argument. They don't know anything <laughs> besides the jackasses they're watching on TV, which at the end of the day, it's just a competition yeah. on how to make you nuts. And everyone's falling for it hook, line, and sinker. They're just reading. Uh, the, they're just- but you are too, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, what part? I, I, think you're, I think you're a little more involved than you admit. I I watch a lot of uh, I, I watch a lot of the news, both sides though, there you go. and it drives me nuts because I I just want the two sides to come together, find the middle ground, and get real and things done in this country, and yeah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, right? Because that's and, they control. It's all a fucking game show. But you are right. Someone will see something on Fox or MSNBC and just repeat that point all day long on their Facebook uh, Facebook postings. Yeah, they don't know. And it's what like, they're but, what, but how do you think about this? There is no thought process. Right. It, it's it's the it's the most brilliant way to control society in history. Yeah, it's working on a dangerous level. I, I agree with you. I'm more in fear that people are that easily brainwashed and they have no clue if they if you just 
if we took the 10, 15 of us, right, and you're a Trump fan and you're an anti-Trump fan and you're a left wing and you know, I'm a right wing and we all just started hanging out. And maybe, maybe you'd catch a buzz and start drinking wine. Yeah. Maybe you don't even do that. But we're just talking. I guarantee you by in 24 hours, we're going to be hanging out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, you know this guy, is just, he cuts wood and he's a car, he's a, he's, he makes it dead. This guy makes what? you kidding me? He makes muffin? Yo, your wife's really nothing. And then, and then that's how you get things done, which they know. So what's the best way to keep people getting together? You divide and conquer them. You create politics. You create mass media. That's the way to keep everyone from talking and all that jazz. Bravo. And Yeah. Now, if I was – in the public eye, and I was an A-lister, I'd have a bullet in my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last guy to do that was Kennedy. Right. And this tells you the genius of mass control and mass media, which everyone thinks they should believe in journalism. It's, it's, it's all horseshit. What is Kennedy famous for? What's the saying? Uh, I don't know. Ask not. Oh, what you could do for your country, but what your country could do for you? Right. So they took that sound clip. If you listen to that entire speech, and I encourage everyone to listen to it, he clearly says, which is why he got murdered, there are secret societies in our country that are trying to ruin this great country and divide us and I'm going to put an end to that. And I went, that's when they're like, yeah, no, this dumb bitch is going to go. <laughs> wow. And listen to it. It's, it's empowering. He's talking about we in the world have the capability, no more wars. We have the capability of, of taking care of one another. And, you know, right. when you start getting that big and that following, you're getting, a, you're getting taken out. I think I got the quote wrong, too. <laughs> I think everyone does. Ask not, not what, what your, your country, country could do, do for you, but what you could do, do for your country. country. I, I did it the other way. And you also described me, and I, I want to call myself out. So when uh, I got fired in uh, 2002 for the Sex for Sam thing, I became a massive oh reader. I was reading like a book a week. Yeah. <clears throat> and I started reading all the political books. And I was doing exactly what you said. I would read, like, you know, some book <laughs> from the left, and then I right. would be spewing all that in the bar that night. <laughs> right. And then I would go, you know what? You got to balance this out. So then I would read a book on the right, and then I'd start spewing the opposite point of view pretty much the next week. Right. Depending on what book I was reading. Right. And I'm like, wow, you're not even a free thinker at this point. You're just, you're just saying whatever you're reading uh, to the next person you run into. <laughs> and that's what everyone does. They go, no, I'm, I, I gather the information. And I went to Harvard, and I'm well-educated, and I'm a father, or I'm a mother, and I, st I have my own thoughts. No, yeah. you don't. Yeah. I, no, I, you don't. I'm, trust me, you don't. It's really too bad. It just It's too bad to see just the, the country just fighting tooth and nail, the, you know, the, the two sides. It's, like, it, it's exhausting to follow, I have, and, I and I think we're better that. than that. I think we're better than that. I think to see these guys down in Washington, they don't even get together on any points anymore. I mean, when we were growing up, they at least would get together on some points, but now it's like right down the middle. Right I don't know. I'm so disconnected. It's I don't even know. We, we could certainly move on. But my oh, we could stay. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm my, so disconnected. But I'm my, curious of what what 
is even going on? I don't even know what's going on. Is what 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 major thing is going on in life? Uh, or the, the Kavanaugh thing. What is that? Supreme I don't even know Justice. What, that is. what is it? You really don't. What, you? I swear my life. You do not turn on a news program ever. No. What is it? Seriously, I swear my kids' lives. I'm no picking a new uh, Supreme Court justice, and, uh, and why is that and they're big... trying to push him through Kavanaugh? What about and uh, <laughs> and then it comes out last minute that he uh, may have uh, attempted to rape somebody when he was in high school. Oh god! You really don't know any of this. No. So now they're like, oh fuck! And now they're uh, you know now they're going back to you know figuring out if high like, school. Yeah, thirty something years ago. See, that's, that's you really don't know this. No, why should I? I? I love you for it. But that's what I ask people too. Like you should know why. I how's it? No, you don't. You, no, no, I agree with you. But that's what I ask but, people. Uh, but my point is yeah. that it's really hard to have the mindset you have because I would love to be like that. But it's so hard because because politics is pretty much the number one topic for uh, just general people. Like, where do you find your friends? Are they listen, are they watching listen. the news? No, listen, here's here's the. Listen. And by the way, I learn from you all the time, so I'm about to get another lesson today. Listen, I, I beg everyone: the biggest addiction in the world is having your mind in, in, in infiltrated twenty four seven. Think the way you wake up. Right. You wake up. You, when do you feel the best? You said it when you walk on the beach. First thing in the morning. I, I'll tell you what I used to do, and I and I heard you talking about this on your podcast with your wife. And the podcast is really good. I can't wait to start talking about it. really good. And I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. But I used to wake up and I would go right on my dumb social media. This guy is winning. This is what I'm like. And then I would turn the news on. Trump, bah, bah, bah. Trump, fuck Trump. Trump's the greatest. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then uh, my 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 brain would be just mush. And I finally realized: wake up, put the coffee on, pick a, a Super Soul Sunday from Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> but it's about a half hour. And then I walk the beach for a half hour. Listen to the whole Super Soul about spirituality and living in the present and uh, what a lot of these people think happens when you die and this and that and you're not your thoughts and all this fun stuff. And and how does that feel? It's amazing. And and she talks to priests and nuns, by the way, too, that are questioning their own faith and organized religion and just learning about spirituality in general and, and uh, many different uh, variations of it. And then uh, that ends. And, you know, for a while it was hard not to now, because the podcast is on my phone, to go check all my dumb social media again. I don't. And I take the half hour walk back where now I'm just listening to the ocean and quieting the mind. And all the all thoughts come into you. Sometimes they'll make you sob. Sure. Because you think of something, either someone you lost or something like that. Now, here's what you did is amazing. Now, we as humans, we're now born into a civilization. You wake up, first thing you have is your phone. First thing you do is check your phone. Your mind is already distracted. Right. So now you're on social media. Now you're seeing, oh, yeah, Trump, and there's an anti-Trump. I'm the... Now you're emotionally involved. Right. Uh, with nonsense. Right. With not... Now you get in your car, you turn on the radio, you're listening to... Uh, Whatever. Now the news hits you. Now if you go and stand in line for breakfast, people have – I refuse to go in a restaurant if they have news on. Why do I have to walk into a restaurant, a bagel store, 
wait at a lot, wait at a gate for an airline and forced to be watching news. You're forced. Yeah. Why is it blaring? If you go, if you check in on any hotel, the first thing you do is you go and they have and blaring today in the news. I'm trying to have a fucking yogurt. I can't even go to my. I can't even. Uh, don't ever turn down my fucking radio again, dude. I don't give a fuck who you detected on. Don't fuck with my mic. I know how to work it. <laughs> <laughs> He's cracking up. He's just, <laughs> look at him. And I, got, I know he is. <laughs> and it's 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 infiltrates you twenty four seven. Yeah. And me and my friends used to say the only way to beat and I call it a war. It's a war in your soul. It's a war in your mind. Is to turn it all off. And the minute you turn it off, which is extremely difficult, and you realize how addicting it is. Thanks for saying that. It's That's important extreme. to the discussion. You think porn, heroin, blah, blah, blah. Guess what's more addicting? You, I got to look on my phone. I got to see how many likes I got. Right. And I got to see, oh, this guy called me an asshole. I'm going to fucking look him up on Twitter and fucking see what his picture looks like. And right. thing. That is overwhelming. Now you're putting your interest in something that's that's not important in life. You put right. how many followers do I have? Uh, what did this guy say? What did this person say? Hey, oh yeah, I'm a left wing fucking guy. I mean, it, it's all bullshit nonsense yep. that you don't need in your life. Before civilization created all this madness, before we had to go, you got to go to school and you read the Bible and you got to dress this way. Humans were extremely spiritual. You go to try. I've been to Africa. I spent times with tribes. They're spiritual. They don't have books. They don't have a, a, a savior. I'm not saying one came or existed. The Indians. Yeah, but they have hippos. They have what? Hippos. They do have hippos. Hippos are scary, man. We have people that, are, that have guns. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hippos are fucking scary. We got hippos. They're walking the street right now urinating on a building, <laughs> waiting to fucking take someone out. There's our hippos. There's our rhinos. Our fucking lions. They got a lot of things that could kill you in Africa, though. Oh, my God. I'm ten, kidding. I, I'm no, joking. No, I'm joking. I, I know. There's right. 10 more things that can kill you here. No kidding. The food you're eating is going to give you cancer because right. they process it because they want to make billions of dollars. So the point is we're all born with a deep spirituality, but we're forced to not even think, not even have time to think about it. We don't teach our kids, we don't teach ourselves silence is the most important thing. A walk in the woods, sit in the back, take a walk, no radio, no, just, just give your soul a fucking rest. Yeah. And the more you do that, the more you'll start looking at news and you'll start looking at people that talk about news and politics and realize, Jesus Christ, these people are walking zombies. They don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know what the fuck is going on. They're just fucking walking. They're zombies. It's scary. I I love this. Um, That's what I'm working toward. It's hard. It's not easy. I'm not there yet. It's not easy. Because I'm going to hear from people. I'm not there yet. It's not easy. But uh, I'm on my way. 
I'm on my way. And the You're more and, and the more I put my phone down and spend more time with my kids or my wife or walking the beach or fishing. These are the things I like to do. Or biking. Fishing's huge. Or um, I love watching documentaries. Yes. I get off after I watch a cool documentary. Yes. Please tell me you've seen the Leonard Skinner documentary. No. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's on, on Showtime. Netflix. Showtime. It's uh, on, Showtime. I watch. It's amazing. But anyway. I'm, and and this I don't know what it is, but you just feel like alive and like feel wow, alive. man, this is. Good. And then of course, then because it's an addiction, also yeah, next thing you know, know, you're back in your phone. And yeah. I'm like, no, no more, more, uh, more. Not on the phone needs to happen here. So and listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I still do it. Don't think for one second when I leave here, I'm like, did anyone tweet me and say they liked me in the media today? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's part of what we do too because we're in the public eye, and right. it is important. But it's it's, our job. It, it's finding the balance. My dad always said everything in moderation. That always comes back to me. That's the life lesson my dad taught me. It's true. Well, that and uh, find something you really like to do because you're going to have to do it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Which was the greatest lesson ever. It's great so advice. At that point, and I've said this in a past uh, podcast, I knew at that moment, and no offense to people that do it, I was never going to wear a tie. I didn't know what me I was going to do, but I was like, I, I knew that that was not for me. No way. And my dad supported that. And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, go for it. Yeah. And my mom's like, but what about something to fall back on? That was my parents. My mom. You got it. You got to go to Nassau Community College. You're very good in accounting. If you don't become an actor, you might right, become a right. drug addict. Then you'll never right. make it. And, right. Ah, and I, I would come home from Geneseo it. just talking about radio because I, I I started as a freshman and I would come home and I, I didn't know how I was going to make money at it or any of that shit. I would just get off talking about doing radio. And my mom's like, that's great, but how are your, your grades and right. what's your, you know, your my pension? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your minor? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I know. And my dad would be like, yeah, Fuck yeah, my my wife, uh, my wife, my uh, my mom would be the total opposite of that. My dad was that way too. He's like, I never had a chance to do anything. Don't why you're young, <laughs> right? Don't why you're young. Go after it. Yeah. And then when you get older, then you figure shit out. And it worked out. And I think it's a dangerous thing to tell the people. And I heard this on your podcast too. We're pretty much on the same page. Uh, having something to fall back on doesn't allow you to totally go for it either. No. And I know that's a dangerous thing to tell people because the safe way is to say, yeah, you know, go for go for your stand-up in your case or radio, but maybe have something in the back of your mind you can fall back on. But I think you can always find something to fall back on if, if it all falls apart, right? Always. So. Why? If you're if you don't give hundred percent what you want to do, you're never gonna you're never gonna achieve it. Case right. closed. And once you'd rather fail knowing you gave a thousand percent. You can live with yourself better. Yeah. You're always going to go, ah, shit. But some people don't know how to do that. And some people, I, I'm convinced, don't have that will. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have that desire or that passion to give it at all. Some people are very content going, oh, I'm all right with, with living this way. So that's, I guess it's to each his own. They're also very, um, they're scared. Yeah, it is that's scary. A, that's a human emotion that affects all of us. Fear. Yeah. Being scared, right? right. Fear is huge. Fear is me- – that's where all the hate comes from. It's 
everything comes from. <laughs> fear. Mm, I sense fear in him. Right. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to rage, right. which leads to the dark side. Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. So I was biking uh, by a church the other day, and they had their, the doors open, and I'm doing the spirituality thing, right, more than anything. But then something hit me like, you know what? I think I might want to start going back to church, not because I want to, like— you know, uh, fall in line with a organized religion again, but give me even more time to think about other things. Well, it's interesting because my wife's really into, she wants to go to the church. I can't stand going. But what I discovered was, and I tried telling the kids, I actually, while the guy's talking, if he ever hears this, he's going to be easy. Because <laughs> he, he knows me and I have beer with him. And I'm like, they bore me to death. Death. You know, John said, uh, uh, I zone out and I start imagining what I can tell people and I start getting, it becomes my walk on the beach where I get a pad and I just, I write down thoughts the entire time, the whole time I'm going, oh, wow, I'm going to do this for my daughter and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I should. I should do this for people. That's a great thing to do. People should think that. And I, and I, it, so I, I managed to go, all right, because for her, yeah. I don't know why she goes, to be honest with you. I mean, she drags the kids. Hey, you need them. And the kids are like, oh my God, I got homework. Why do we do it? I'm why are you forcing them? You're going to force them. They're going to hate it. Yeah. Your whole thing is God. Let me try. Why well, you can't? You know, whatever. We had different differences. That's why it's it's fascinating. Do you guys talk about that on the podcast? I'm I've only listened to. I'm going to try to prod her a little bit in the next one. You should, because I think that'd be a fascinating discussion. Uh, the, the podcast. I knew I was going to have you on, so I was like, I got to catch up with Brewer. It's been a little while, so I, I didn't even realize you were still doing the podcast. To be totally honest with you, and then I found it and went, "Holy fuck!" Kind of stopped, and I squeezed out three quick episodes just so I could be up on it, and I was instantly hooked. Nice, and there's no laughs in it. I mean, I should no. say no, 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 no. There's not a lot. She eats not up a lot way of laughs. Too much time. <laughs> she eats up. There's times where she tells me right. off air. People are going to think you're rambling. And I go, D, I've been doing this 30 years. You're fucking rambling. Right. No one wants to hear. Some people hear about God and all that. But when you start hitting a five to seven to 10 mark, yeah. we're losing them. Yeah. We're losing them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the rambler. You're the rambler, hon. When, Trust me on that one. When did you decide you wanted to do the podcast with D? Because you used to just do it from your mom's basement back in the day, yeah. And uh, and then you took some time off, and then I, I was really surprised we, to see that you guys are doing it together, and and more surprised that it's working. No offense. Yes, no, no, no. Because we talk about life, life, and marriage, Real life. and relationships, and we said, why don't we just start doing it? Maybe we can help people. Maybe people can. And and what? Not more to be helpful to go on this journey of she's technically dying. So why not listen to someone that's facing the Reaper, never knows what happened, and yet we're staying strong and we'll stay strong no matter what happens. Right. And um, we just went, yeah, this is – she said, I would, let's do this. I went, all right, let's do it. So we started and um, – the last one I think I did all by myself because I was on the road. Yes. And the last two I did like phone calls. 
Um, no, I heard you, uh, you and her uh, on your back deck listening in on your oh, teenage yes. daughters. Yes. And then there were, there's times where oh, yeah. Dee's like, no one wants to hear this. And I'm like, no, I want to hear more no, of that. No, me too. I'm like, no, they want to hear it. It makes them feel normal right. that the kids are driving them nuts in the background. It's well, freaking hilarious. Well, you got one daughter in college, second year, yes. I, I believe, and then you still got two in the house. Yes. One's 11th grade, one's 8th grade. Right. And one has turned into sort of a hippie chick. And you start talking about it. He's like, damn, now you're the oldest. Now one. you're crossing a line. Yeah, like, the no, oldest one. No, you're not, because I got a young daughter. I want to know what to expect here. Yes, and they're all they're jeweling. Oh, dude, they're wait. what? Yeah, exactly. They're what? Jeweling. It's the new smoking. Oh, the jewel. Yeah, yeah. The the vaping. All the kids jewel. Your kids are vaping. All of them. All everyone you think isn't jeweling, and all the parents like my kids were never. They're jeweling. The fucking tobacco companies figured it out. We they figured had out. them. We had we them. We had them. They figured it out. They were done. They were they done. They figured it out. Because, oh, um, it's only this percent of alcohol and this many toxins. And, well, it's cotton candy flavored. It's, uh, it's raspberry flavored. It's lavender. It's lavender. <laughs> it's good for you. And, yeah, so I pulled them in and like, so we looked it up. First of all, it's only been on the market for two years. So nobody knows the results of this stuff yet. And they proved that nicotine in the jeweling is equivalent to an entire pack of cigarettes. No. Oh, yeah. So these meatheads, the, the, the tobacco industry figured it out. They figured it out. They figured out how yeah. to get everyone hooked again. And it's all 12, 13, 14-year-olds. All yeah. all young teenagers. That's yeah, who they're yeah. marketing. They walk around Manhattan. They're all they all got them. Yeah, and you have to deal with that as a parent. Yeah, I'm like, if you can't do that, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather be smoking pot. Right. At least you think about something or, or sure. laughing goofy for an hour. I mean, uh, do you think they're smoking pot? Oh, hands down, at least two or three of them. The, the two out of the three. Yeah, I'm not sure if the youngest one tried it yet. She might have. Can I? Your your wife stopped you on the podcast, but yeah, can, can I just – you, you do whatever you want, and that's fine. If you say that you know, yeah. you're crossing a line, that's fine Yeah, because I understand it. But that's where the good stuff comes in, and, and I guess <laughs> I guess one of your daughter is pretty much like kind of more of a hippie, and she's, she's a free better. spirit. And, she's getting better. And, and she wasn't wearing a uh, – No bra. Okay, thank you. I want you to she never, my She's wearing no bra. And then you said – that you don't want to see. I don't see your aola, aola or whatever it's called. Yeah, and and D's like that's not what it's called, and you're like I don't care. I don't want to see while I'm I don't eating eggs. I want to see it while I'm eating <laughs> eggs in the morning. I don't want to see my daughter's breasts and nipples, and then she's like, "Well, you know, I feel free." Well, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, I dad don't want to see it. Yeah. And then it gave me a nightmare. And then she's because like, my, my daughter's only going to be six very soon. Oh, uh, you got a long way to go. But it gave me a nightmare. It was like a, it was a preview of what, some of the things uh, I'm going to have to deal with. And then she goes to a, she's doing better now, okay. a lot better. But when she first came back from college, I was on extreme high alert. I was ready to pull her out, cut the bank. You're done. Oh my god! If I ordered Chinese food, I was racist. Yeah. But, really? Oh. Oh, I get called racist, sexist. She said, uh, you know, I got no money. I need to get money. I said, hon, 
a waiter job, bartender job, yeah. your attractive girl, you would murder. Oh my God, that's so sexist. <laughs> what the hell did I just say? I said, you're an attractive girl. That is sexist. Oh no, it's a compliment, you fucking brainwashed wackadoodle. What kind of sc- what are they teaching you in college? How to be a fucking whack job? Oh my God. It's sexist. It's sexist for me to say you're attractive and you'd make a lot of money. It's sexist. I made money. I wear a tuxedo. I knew I was killing it. Right. Ladies night. Gonna murder tonight. Sure. I'm sexist. Yeah. No, I'm fucking realistic. Right. How about that? Some realism in there, right? I order Chinese food and when I order, I always go bung, dung, bung, bang, bung, bung, dung, dung. <laughs> oh my God, you're so racist. Why am I racist? When I used to, when my mom would bring me to Chinese food, I'd go to House and Chang in Valley Stream, and my favorite thing was walking. I'd hear that bong dong bong bang bong. So every time I ordered Chinese food, I'd do a little dance, and I go bong dong bong bang bong dong. Oh, that's so racist. I went, no. If an Asian, if an Asian cuts me off, and I go oh dong bong gong yong bong, that's that's hateful. That's racist. Right. Okay. There's a difference. Just like a black guy when he sees me and he's going, hey, hi it on. Hey, I, I'm a white guy. Yeah. Well, is it what? Yeah. I, we Please. Get we come from a different generation. Oh, my God. And you got to deal with that. There's a, there's a generation gap. Yeah. Put your bra on and stop telling me I'm racist because I ordered Chinese food and I'm doing did, the music. Did you see? Oh, no, you didn't see the article. You don't watch the news. No. There was uh, maybe Mike could pull it up. I, I thought this was a fake story, but I guess in one of these colleges, they don't serve ice cream anymore. Why? Because of, because of uh, the Jewish people that are going to college. What is the Jewish people got to do with ice cream? Because it's not uh, what, uh, it's not, it's uh, not kosher. And then, kosher. And then I guess it it, it, it made Muslims feel. Oh, like- for Christ's sake. <laughs> Mike, if you find the article. This I, is, I read is- this thing. Being an older gentleman, I'm like, this. there's no way it's gotten to this point where now they're not serving ice cream in the, in the mess halls because some people uh, have their feelings hurt because Listen. they can't have it or something. What, what's the headline? University of Washington, Madison students say ice cream marginalizes Muslims and vegans. Oh, and vegans. I forgot Jesus about the vegan angle. Christ yeah. almighty. Yeah, can you imagine? Well, can I, Can I? what is it? University of what? Uh, Washington in Madison. In Madison, Wisconsin? Yep. Remind me never to go back to fucking Madison, Wisconsin with those jackasses. Let me explain something <laughs> to everyone. Let me explain something to everyone. Life is not sensitive. Yeah. So... When you lose a child, when you lose someone to cancer, someone gets hit by a car, someone's being mean on Twitter, you're going you're gonna to bubble each other for your whole life. If anything, you're teaching just the opposite of how to survive in life. Now, you shouldn't be able to walk up to people and go, oh, you know, you're fucking this and you're fucking that. And you're now it's, now it's, you're mean. Yeah. But when you're at the point where we can't say frog because it's offensive to the Aborigines who believe, then you're fucking out of your skull. You're a Nazi. Yeah. You're a Nazi. You're a brainwashed yeah. Nazi. And we should march to the University of Washington and Madison 
and fucking pick it and call them the R word. Yeah, I thought it was the onion. I'm like, oh, that's funny, man. But then it turns out it's, it's not like, funny. It's stupid. No, the onion makes. Yeah, fun. I know, okay. but that is. Stu- so I, I thought it wasn't a real stupidity. article. Stupidity. Stupidity. Yes, Mike. It also discriminates against Muslim Jews. How's it discriminate Hindus and Buddhist religions because sometimes it contains beef gelatin. An ingredient that makes the treat inaccessible to members of certain faiths and diets. So they're then don't eat it. Yeah, that, that's then that, don't eat. Hey, guess what? This food is spicy. So all you dummies, where it's gonna hurt your belly, don't fucking eat it. Yeah. What are we gonna ban spicy food? Best part of the story: they already have ice cream for vegans and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't contain the beef. They and want that's no fine. Beef involved. Yeah. And that's fine. Well, look, it goes back to what I just said a few minutes ago. Like my dad taught me, everything in moderation. You don't want to be that asshole being a dick to people, but you also don't want like to go too far the other way because you you're not getting Coll- these kids ready for real life. No, colleges have been infiltrated by some bizarre brainwashing agenda. It's it's frightening. Yeah. It's really frightening. If you want to change the world, then let's go. Does but it affect your comedy? No. I don't touch any of that. I talk about what I just said. Yeah. The whole PC police. Yeah. Like, I grew up talking a certain way. Now yeah. I got to deprogram because you changed the rules? Yeah. No, that's not on me. That's on you. Right. A new generation talks this way. I'm not getting... I'm, I'm, you're going to take my job away because... I hurt your feelings. In a comedy club? Well, let me ask you this. How about you don't work anymore for tweeting out some vicious, nasty, hurtful thing you said over Twitter or Facebook? Now I can go and take your job away? Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. I'm a victim. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. That's well, that's well, the madness and Nazism of this all. Well, they're high and mighty. If you do something wrong on Twitter or in real life, they feel like it's their right to make you feel like shit, take your job, your livelihood. It doesn't even and, mean if you do something right, they'll attack you just for the sake of attacking Well, that, that's true, too. That's and how so far it's gotten. I find the hypocrisy of it all where people are offended by this person tweeted something or this person said something. They go, well, I feel victim. And then they lose their job. They lose their career over uh, over something. But yet the millions of people that will tweet to me yeah. and they'll say something vicious, nasty, dark. They don't know anything about me. Well, then they should lose their job. Yeah. And they should be – that's it. Now you're out in the street. Now you're banned from life. It's a very – to me, that borderlines Nazism. Yeah, it's, but they think it's justified, which is ridiculous. And we, that, we need to start fighting back. Yeah. Um, I just I, did. I, I was just wondering how it affected your comedy because another, another thing in your podcast, I guess you were calling from the road. And uh, oh, you, yeah. you were talking to Dee, and one of your da- daughters was in the car, and you were talking about anorexia. Oh, my God. And I laughed. I'm like, this is hilarious. And then- and then oh. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, was it your daughter or your or or D as well? Thirteen like, year old. They're like, you can't use them. You can't. I, said, I just did anorexia. <laughs> but you were just. I'm using it. This is what I said. Did, yeah, go ahead. My, me and my sixteen year old and the nineteen year old, they all wanted to lose weight. They want to lose weight. Yeah. So I want to lose weight too. I tell you what, I'll bet you all. Let's weigh in. I'll bet you a thousand dollars. Thousand, whoever loses the most in like six weeks. Yeah, I said, if I if I was seventeen and so was offering me a thousand dollars, I'd be fucking anorexic for that six weeks. <laughs> yeah, tell you that yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dad, 
that is so offensive. That's a real disease. I know it's a disease. It's a fucking joke for $1,000. If I, if I was making fun of... I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to fucking live this way. I live. I, uh, it was hilarious what I said. Of course. And I, it was also real. If if someone offered me a thousand dollars, and all I got to do is beat them in weight. Yeah. And if you look at me, I drink now. I, dude, I'm one ninety five for the last seven years. I can't drop a pound or two. Yeah. And all I got to do is just eat right and drink some shakes for a week yeah. <laughs> for a thousand fucking dollars at the age of 16, 17. Are you out of your fucking mind? Dad, that's offensive. No, you're stupid. Yeah. I don't know. That's the easiest thousand dollars in the world. The difference is. Oh, get all riled up. The difference is, and I don't think uh, the youth of America understand this. No. Uh, no, no. Let me, let me finish this point. So, yeah. so you could take anorexia seriously. Like, I've seen someone, yeah, one of my real, friends had it. It's a real issue for a lot of people in America. Yeah. Yes, let's yeah. acknowledge that and take it seriously. But you could also feel that way and make jokes about it. Yeah. And and the youth of America, that, that thought... You're blows, not allowed to make fun of anything. It blows their mind because if you make a joke about something like yeah. that, you're not taking it seriously. Right. And the two are separate. It's completely separate. They're right. out of their skulls. That's all right. They're cute. They're cute. They're cute. <laughs> and and get, getting back to your daughter with the no bra, not about that in, in general, but yeah. um, um, uh, women walking around these days, I don't think they understand the stuff they're wearing. There's, I don't, I don't know if it's um, if they understand the sexuality of it anymore. Yeah, and this is this is the like, attitude too. I went like I, I went. Listen, listen. You can't go out in public like that. You can't. You just can't. She went. Why? With an attitude. Why? I said, you're going to make people uncomfortable and they're going to – that's their problem. I went, all right. If that's your radical way of living, yeah. I can't go to Africa. You're, you're in a society. If you're if – you're, it's common sense. I'm trying to help you. You want to live that way, fine. But don't pull off the whole um, – don't look in my breast. Well, no, you're – it's a spectacle. Yeah. People are not used to looking at that. Yeah. I, if uh, to this day, if I see a, I try my best. There's a woman walking down the street with no bra on and her nipples are flaring. Uh, you gotta look. I'm looking. You're looking. And, Just and, like a guy's walking down the street and his donkey's flying in his. You, oh, I I don't look at that. You're so full of it. Right. But I I haven't I'm seen. I'm looking. That you don't want to be a pig about it, but you're like I I gotta if look I, at this. If I drive through a nice neighborhood. I got to watch my car. I can't be shaded. Uh, you're going to get profiled. My nephew used to live in my neighborhood. I, you see my neighborhood. Yeah. He'd have this little beat-up car. He tinted the windows. He wears sunglasses, hairs, his, his hat sideways. I can't believe it. Pull me over. <laughs> the cops laugh yeah. at that. I can't believe it. Pull me over. Um, <laughs> no, I can, stupid. You got to blend in. Mm-hmm. You got to blend in. You yeah, we can't. get it. Yeah, can't just assume everything. But, but how they dress nowadays? I'm like, we didn't. We the women. We I would have never lasted as a teenage boy. Oh my god! I would be, we would have got something pregnant, right? I would be banging the snot out of every every piece of furniture in my house. Would have took a, a whooping. Yeah, whooping. There would not be one surviving sock. No yoga pants. Oh my god! I don't care what anyone says. 
Oh Yoga pants my. is sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. Case closed. Judge, I told D. I, I rest my case. I told D. If you were, I'm telling you right now. I don't want you to go. Well, you need to control yourself. Sorry. I. It's a. It's a mind. I got a visual. If you're gonna try to define nature. It's not going to happen. Yeah. If you're going to wear those yoga pants where I can see every piece of the ass cheek in that and it goes up and it Greg, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be able to think for a while. Yeah. I cannot think. Yeah. And I'm going to be horny as shit. Yeah. All day until something goes down. Yeah. And it always goes down. So, hey, why are you so horny? Because you're wearing yoga pants. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> if, if the guy who does Thor was walking in here with a thong, oh, please do tell me it wouldn't affect you. Yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah, that's how or it is. Or a T-shirt. If I was a toolbox yeah. and I got a tight shirt on showing my pecs and all that, I could tell when she's horny. That's where nature begins, oh, right? let's define nature. No, let's but that's that. where nature begins. Yes. Like that, that's what nature yes. is, is all about. Like I have- I don't want to. I don't want to piss off anyone in my family, but obviously my kids aren't old enough to be wearing some of this stuff. But I'll have nieces come over, and I'm like, am "Camel I re- hooks? Am I really looking at half your ass?" I know. Yeah, that's a new thing. The, the che- girls wear the ass cheeks hanging out. It's unbelievable. They wear the ass cheeks hanging out. We never saw an ass cheek growing we up. We would have never survived <laughs> this era, Ope. We would have been. I. I can't tell you how many times I had a leaky faucet with tight jeans. <laughs> right. I would follow an ass up three flights to, to a class I wasn't going to. Sure. Just so I could stare at it. No, we, they covered oh. up, man. The, the women were covering up. Yes. You never saw cleavage or any no, of this shit. No, no. Which made it that much better when you oh, when you finally got really to that. enjoyed the chocolate opening that wrapper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but- I, I don't know how they do it nowadays. I now heard, they Snapchat. I, and? What they do is they go in the bathroom. Don't let your kid in the bathroom with the phone. There's no reason a phone should be in a bathroom. And then they take really long time in the bathroom. Why? Because they're Snapchatting. What they do on there is they show their breasts, they show their thing, and the boys jerk off on the Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Wait, you, you know this from personal experience without getting too- I, without, from, from personal experience- and and parents have no clue this goes down. No clue. It's a whole different Tinder, world. everything. They just they send each other I, I'm on the road with someone and um he hooks up like when we were up we we had to find someone that knew a girl. Yeah. We're like, hey, you know, so and so single, I want you to meet her. We go to a bar yeah. somewhere. Now it's just they go on their phone, it's an app, many apps. Oh, okay, how close are you? Okay, um all right, show me a picture. So I'll show you me, I'll show you, and that's it. They're hooking up. That's it. And that's that's, that's that normal. Sim- that is life now. And we're accepting that as a society, by the way, because I love that people go, well, when you try to go for a job, it's like everyone's in on it. Everyone's in this on it. This whole generation is in on it, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the new norm for them. But I remember when I first uh, figured some of that out, my mic is going weird. Um, I hear you good, if it helps. All right, there you go. Uh are these bosses? Who are these guys? That's Tim Sabian. Oh my God, Tim! There Jesus you go. Christ, yeah, it's look so, at you. It's the only reason I'm over here at Westwood One. Wow! Run. Check out Sabermeister. 
Look at him. He runs this joint, man. We're building for you, Hammer. We're building a whole new thing, and that's Robert, who's uh, at, and there's very Robert. T- he's you very take talented. Take his shirt as well. off. Show us what you got. You want to take your shirt off? No, Tim? don't do that, Tim. Don't do that, Tim. All right. He's gonna give me his card. Yeah, he will. So um, <laughs> I remember, I remember Instagram, and uh, my nieces had Instagram accounts, and I'm like. That's weird. They don't have a lot of photos, and it's a pretty boring Instagram account. And then I, my wife's like, hey, "You idiot! That's the, that's their public Instagram, correct? Because they don't want their parents in yep. on what's really going on, correct? And then we found some of their, uh, yeah. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I got a lot to learn before my kids get older. Yeah, wow. Yeah. How do you deal with that? It's just, how do you deal with that, Jim Brewer? It is what it is. You just talk to them as much as you can about being smart and responsible. Smart, and respect. You, you know, are you going to have a guy that respects you right. after this? If this is your first sales pitch, <laughs> right? Is your first sales pitch sex? Well, then that's you can't. There's nowhere to go after that. Yeah, that's the. And you can't you can't be mad at him if that's what you're selling, right? And that's what he's going for, right? Uh, all you can do is talk, 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 talk. And just hope. Yeah. When don't you push get them pregnant. Up. Don't get addicted. Don't get arrested. Right. So it all comes down to when they're teenagers. Right. That's it. Well, we did stuff that drove our parents crazy. Yeah, but we didn't show them and we were sneaky. At least we had class not to do it in front of them. I would never come home wasted. I would never, I would never try to pull one over. My, I didn't want them hurt or angry. These kids are like, yeah, Celeste now is fucked up. This guy came, he had his pants off, he's wagging his dog. It was a crazy night, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you said you want me to be honest, right? Yeah, no. Honesty is uh, best policy. I'd rather know everything. <laughs> oh, my God. We snorted some weird shit. I never heard of it. What? Yeah, I don't know what it's called. It's like they, they put it all together. It comes from Miami. It was great. I was blind for 10 minutes, but <laughs> oh got me high as shit. <laughs> You want honesty, right? That's the policy. Honesty, as long as you're honest, we're not in trouble. Yeah, no, it's good. That's great. How do you not have gray hair? Um, How do you not have gray hair? You detach. And I know you're not dying it. No, I'm not dying. No, I know you're I would not. never dye my hair. I don't think you have one gray hair still. I do, a little bit on the sides. A little bit is happening? When D got the cancer, a little bit of- Popped up? Tiny little gray on the corners. Yeah. But that's it. But um, your podcast is a must listen. Wow, with thanks, D. man. Um, I went into it going, all right, uh, you know, because you're one of my favorite comics of all yeah. time. Even though we've been friends for a long time and right. come and go into each other's lives, I still I consider you one of the the best comics uh, that I've ever heard. And I'm like, you're oh. always a big influence too. Really, from day one, you're the one who always said, "You're a storyteller. You're yes. a storyteller." You're a great storyteller. You're the modern day great storyteller. Do you ever think of just doing storytelling? Do do I mean, no offense, your stand up, you're storytelling. And by the way, just 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 so you know, if you've never seen me before, this is the way I look all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not high. That's that's when I realize there is a God, and He has a very funny sense of humor. <laughs> oh. Some people be born with big noses. Some people be born in Mississippi. Jim Brewer, you're going to look stoned all the time. That's great. 
Yeah. And people just judge me the way I look all the time. They're just, oh my God, just look at them. Walking around like that. And what's worse is when I got my kids, because my kids look just like me. You know, walk around, they're like, can we get a hot pretzel, Dad? <laughs> nah, let's go for a sitting bun. <laughs> <laughs> But I thank God I got eyes like these. I know people just, this is, this is how I got the movie Half Baked because of these eyes. Yeah. Oh, you like that one. You always, 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 always right. have pushed that. And wow. the more and more I'm in that world, the more I go, man, Opie pushed that. Wow. Hard. Opie that always makes, pushed that, that really hard. You just hard. made my day. No, I'm being serious. But I was scared because I didn't think you were, uh, you, you were going for it on that level because there's not a lot of great storytellers out there. I can't think of another storyteller that I would sit through. And every time I see you, sometimes you'll you'll have three stories in your in your set. And I'm like, and no one cares because within the long-form story is so much happening. Right, right, right. Characters and right. sub-stories. And right, right, right. It's, Ah, I think you're the best, for real. Thank you. Without question, Jim Brewer is the best. And coming up, you'll hear a little more about his podcast and how Dee and Jim celebrated their daughter's 16th birthday and a lot more. But no spoilers. Go get him, Greg. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Want to be confident every time? Well, get BlueChew.com. That's right. Blue Chew has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. Check this out. They've got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so they work. Since they're chewable, they'll work faster than a pill, up to twice as fast. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two, so this is a no-brainer. And let me let you in on a little secret. I just took a blue chew. <laughs> no. <laughs> Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line because blue chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code Opie. That's right, I just said free. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code Opie. I think I have to spell blue. B-L-U-E. B-L-U-E. Bluechew.com, promo code Opie. Opie Radio Followbacks. So let's look out into our magic window and give a great big Opie Radio Followback to the following. At Greg Weiser 50. At Jay Borden. At E. Ombre, at Bill Ashenbach, at Husker Hater, H U S K R H eight R, at Heatman thirty, at Sarah from Buffalo, at Floyd Flashback, at Orion Z D R N, at Crawford ninety five C O F R E D ninety five. Follow them on Twitter because, like you, they get what we're doing here. And now back with a podcast that's so warm and touching it has no right to be so funny. It's our special guest, Jim Brewer on OP Radio. So I, I started listening to your podcast going, oh, I can't wait to, you know, have some laughs with my, my old pal Jim Brewer. And quickly I was like, yeah, whoa. this is way different, which makes it <laughs> so fucking cool because cool. people really get to hear another side of you. And that's what I want. 
You get the comedy here. You get the comedy there. You want to know my personal life? Then come here, and I'll allow you into the personal life. Right. And they are the diehard fans. Right. They're the one. They're they're super. I'd rather you know me on the personal level. Yeah. Than the big silly. Yeah, but you're also talking about a lot a lot of stuff everyone can relate to. You yeah. Know? If you've been married a long time and you yeah. have teenage daughters yeah. and you're you know you're on the road checking in and right they're pretty much saying fuck you dad and you're yeah. like I miss you and you're like yeah whatever I'm late for this or that it's yeah. it's real life stuff. Glad you're into it. And there's a couple you know there's a couple laughs in there but you're not you know that's, I love when D curses because I. I Just sound rare. the alarms. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, my, <laughs> miss, I'm Christian. Just dropped an F-bomb. Let's go to the videotape, see what our listeners get. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's loosening her up a bit, too. Y- you think? I think so, yeah. I thought I, I feel like that's I'm hearing the the person I, I've I've known over the years here. Yeah, there, but once know? in a while it you see her you hear her silly side a little bit once in a while right. in there. You guys uh, had a Wow, we went a long time. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm probably care. keeping you at this point. But no, okay. you guys had a huge fight on your podcast because oh. she has always been there for you with your career and stuff. And yes. she's pushing. And and I, I I was listening to you guys fight and I came home to my wife. I'm like, God damn it. Dee's just like you. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you got management that's not doing what they should be doing. And you're providing content. And you're like, why isn't this bigger? And, and, and my wife will fucking go for it right this is what you needed yes it's not the podcast yes and i'm and i heard that same voice in d and she didn't want to air it i went no i'm airing it and i'll tell you why we're gonna relate to so many so many people came up to me go can i tell you that that episode my i'm not in your industry but my wife's always told me I was supposed to do it, or my husband's supposed to tell me to do it. it relate, people relate to it, and then yeah. they feel normal. Yeah. But at the same time, they're the ones that look out for you 24-7. Oh, hell yeah. And I they, mean, they, and that's what drives you nuts. Yeah. But, they, I mean, but she was talking about your uh, your music album, which I loved, by the way, and the frustration that it didn't right. totally take off. And yeah, you were yeah. trying to explain to her it takes a lot of funding, and there's, like, basically a music mafia out there. There is. And, and you know, to get spins, you got to yeah. be, you know, paying a lot of money for that to happen. Yeah. And I'm sitting there relating, like, he ain't lying. That's the way it is. He ain't fucking lying, man. That's the way it is. I was told it, and I didn't buy it. I thought, no, I'm with Brian Johnson. This is, we're going to play a lot of something now. It's not how it goes. Right. Would you ever uh, think about putting that on Broadway or something? Uh, I tried working out for a while. Maybe down the road. My my vision was Rock of Ages. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking Broadway. Because it thought, has that feel, but it's it's yes. uh, it's family-oriented. Yes. It's, I would have to have – well, you know what? It's interesting. Now that I'm out with the Metallica crew and they're a tremendous artistic group and they're helping me out big time. Like, hey, you should do this and you should do that. How about we light this and, and I'm on – I you just, you just inspired me. What I'll do is go, hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing a, a, a show and it's original music and boom, you need, you need the whole dancers, all that shit. And I'll give it to them and see if it sparks something. But unless, it needs someone to go in with you. Go, right. I will produce this. I will gladly produce this. I get the vision. I got it all. I get the whole three-dimensional thing, the set, the everything. I get it. Yeah. If I don't have that, I'm not, I'm not trying. 
Yeah. I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, I understand. You know, and it was bleeding my stand-up career. It's like I can only... I can only do that side project for so long right? before I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Well, it's funny because you're the one putting out all the money. Right. Know, because you got a band and you explain on the podcast. God, I'm like a super fan of your podcast already. But <laughs> but you're like, I got to put these guys in rooms, yeah. separate rooms because they're older guys. They're gentlemen and, wi- and a woman. With I, with family yes. and kids. And they, they're not going to share rooms like we're, no. we're, we're, like we're a band just starting out. And you have to soak up all those costs. Yeah, I got to fly them out. I got to pay for their salaries. I have to pay for them. And I start doing Airbnbs. To save money, like five bedroom houses, wow, which turned out pretty cool. But it's a lot of freaking money, and those gigs, I'm not making money because people are not showing up. Right. So I'm basically breaking even. So I'm like, how long can you break even for something you're super excited about, but no one's right. taking the ball and going with it? But this. you're still excited to do your stand up, obviously. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I learned you're on tour with Metallica. Uh, how did that come? I know you guys have known each other forever, right. but did, they called you one day and said, yeah. we got an idea? Yeah. James called. James texted me, and he said, hey, we're thinking about, what would you think of doing some type of opening show? Not so much stand-up, but just creating something for the fans. I went, oh, my God. I would, I would crush that for you. Crush it. He's uh, don't get too excited. His next text was, <laughs> don't get too excited. Haven't ran it by anyone yet. Um. Then he sent me some ideas. I sent him the ideas back. I think I still have it on my phone. Yeah, let me hear it. Um, I'm trying to remember what they were. And um, then I went out. Oh, so here's how I. So now I. I uh, I sent him ideas. I don't hear from. I don't hear back from him. I know he's in Europe and blah blah blah. And he's a pain in the ass with texting. Any business, he doesn't fucking text back. Drives me nuts. If I text him right now a picture of someone taking a shit or something funny, he'll immediately text back and send me something funny. So about a month and a half goes by. I figured, ah, I guess I'm not getting a gig. His manager calls. He goes, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this thing James is talking about with you." All right. I go, I got all these ideas. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you home on Sunday? I'm going to come to your house. You're going to come to my house in Jersey? Yeah, I'll come to your house. Okay. So uh, he comes to the house. D's gone. Kids are gone. I got the house. I got all my fucking ideas ready to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell him on this Metallica idea, boy. I want to tour Metallica. This is fucking, we're going to do all these things. He comes in. He opens up his laptop. And he's, okay, so here's what we're playing. I know you have one Paramount gig, um, so we'd have to blow that out if you're up. up uh, and then we go all the way to March, two weeks on. Uh, are, you, are you into doing this? Yeah. I went, well, yeah. He goes, great, because we announce this tomorrow. <laughs> oh. What do, you, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, it's on Howard Stern tomorrow. It's on. Uh, it's all over the world. We're doing Rolling Stone magazine. And we're going to we're, like it's he goes yeah and here's the announcement it has your name in it, uh, so we'll fig we'll figure out what we're doing, yeah 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 we'll figure it out. So I would meet with him with ideas that I had in my mind, um, sketches, videos, and law. I met I went to meet Lars right 
And now the manager was like, and we need a DJ. So it's going to be DJ, me for 10 minutes, DJ, me for 15 minutes, DJ, me, 20 minutes, whatever. So I go meet Lars in San Fran. I fly out. I, I told him I was out there for something else, but I really was out there just to <laughs> wrap my head around Lars. So, dude, why are you out here? I went, I got all this stuff. I'll be honest with you, I'm here just for you. Yeah. He goes, what's up? I went, what? I want to know in your head, what do you see? And he lays down in a chair. Like, he's so relaxed. He's yeah. like, Jim, you've, you've known the band for fucking 30 years or so, and... We've been hanging out for 20 years. You, James, vacation, all that. And, you know, we get these bands and nobody fucking comes to see them. It's a real bummer. It's a bummer for the bands. It's a bummer for us. So we started thinking, why not change the dynamic of a show and just do something? What is the big word is experience. And that's what he says. Like, the big word is experience. Why not do a fan experience? And I, we don't think there's anyone better than you. He goes, um, now who you been dealing with? I went, oh, I've been dealing with this guy, and he goes, "What's this shit about a DJ and then a fucking you and and he, and he's looking at the paper, DJ this, and he goes, he crumples it and throws it across the room. He goes, the reason why we're hiring you is because you know how to read a room. Yeah. He goes, and here's the most important thing: you don't have to be funny. They're Metallica fans. Tell them the stories of us moshing in the back of your bus. Tell them how you go on vacation with James. Tell them how the time we were on the Metallica Icon, the third. They're going to be into that. Because we want a festive atmosphere. Yeah. He, 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 Lars, released all my fears. And I wrapped my re- head around the whole thing. And I went, so you want, you want a glorified hype man for the fans. Yeah. I can do this. It's pretty exciting. This is exciting. Of course it is. For me. So, oh, the first show, another reason why I have problems with Madison, Wisconsin, was Madison, Wisconsin. We start the show 6.30. Definitely way too early. I had all these bits. I play uh, videos, uh, and I'm up in the audience. If you can guess that, I'll bring you down the bottom, blah, blah, blah. I go out. I talk for 15 minutes. I was out of there. I have a DJ. DJ's doing great. And I thought we did very well. Metallica's supposed to go on 8.30. Lars made it very specific. I want you on that stage before we go out. It's very important that those 18,000 people, all eyes are on Jim Brewer. Yeah. We want, we want this to be something amazing for you. We want those fans to attract, to, to, to go to Jim Brewer. Oh, my God. I'm so flattered. Well, I, at 8.25, I'm going to go up and do crowd work. This side versus this side. Sure. Metallica's ready, but they want to know you're ready. <laughs> yeah. So I want this side to say hip, hip, hooray. And right. I don't know. They're a little louder than you guys. Boo. This side. So I'm doing that. It's 830. The guy's going, mm, they're not ready. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they're still not. They still don't. They're not convinced. Now it's 840. Oh, shit. And I'm starting to see a couple fingers just violently looking. Yo, you fuck yeah, get off the fucking stage. And I'm going, I want to get off the stage. Yeah. They want me up here. Now I can't talk. Talking's done. This show, we started two hours ago. 
They don't want to hear anyone talk anymore. The 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 baby, the birth of the child's head is already out. <laughs> right. We don't want to hear like you know. Let's talk about how you're gonna be a father. No. <laughs> right. You made us do the hokey pokey. We spun around. <laughs> right. We fucking cheered. Get out of here. You can't go. I have one more story to tell. Right. Our DJ. <laughs> to waste time. The DJ is on stage. He calls me over. His exact words with with deer. Net. He goes, dude, we gotta get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go. Play a song, man. I'm getting off, but you're playing a song. So he he plays a song. I'm now, I'm not leaving the area, but I'm off the stage. And people are like, the fuck? I'm, like, I'm trying, dude. <laughs> you're right. I don't want to fucking be here either. And this is all on video. I got it all on oh video. God, I got to see this. I think it's on Facebook or whatever. It's all there. Okay. And then finally, they go up 10 to 10, 20 minutes late. So Madison was so angry with me by the end of the night. I overwelcomed my state. And it was just like, you suck. You're the worst piece of shit. You're this. You fucking should die. Blah, 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 blah. So that night, okay, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do 20 minutes to a half hour of talking stories, blah, blah, blah. That's going to be 7 o'clock. 7.30, I leave. They should never see me again unless it's an amazing time. Yeah. So I they go backstage. I got a live cameraman. I go, we're going to find a band member. We're going to go live on the Jumbotron. You, DJ, off the fucking stage. You stay down because you feel stupid. You take start. Let's start hitting Instagram. What songs they want to hear. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. You now do the giveaways. Dude, Madison... I, I was giving away tickets. Yeah. They're like, you go to the top and bring Okay, I'm walking through the fucking crowd. I'm like, how do I get to tier three? Well, I think you gotta <laughs> take this. Brewer! Fucking Brewer! Dude, dude, let me get a selfie. The fucking beer is. Go, boy! I'm sweating my yeah. balls off, running up and down. I, I had the local team to bring out a, it. Was, it was fucking out of control. Second show, I'm like, listen, here's what's going down. I go up. You go on the audience. You do the giveaways. You got a mic. We'll put a spotlight on you. You're very funny, interactive. You're doing that. The next time they say me, I'm with a band member. All right? So, hey, he was kind of cool on stage. No, we really fucking love him. He's hanging out with Lars and this guy. The next time they see me is going to be something fun. Uh, One night, I crashed a wedding that was right attached to the arena, and I brought the bride and groom on stage, and I made everyone for 30 seconds not be metal and do the first dance, and the entire Metallica 18,000 people sang Dancing Queen by ABBA. That's awesome. While the, while the bride and groom yeah. danced, and then we got them off, and we did. We went to bed, and then I discovered uh, lip syncing. Lip syncing was amazing. So I brought these fans up, diehard fans. And they lip synced. People booing, yang. Who should we get? Who won? Fuck, great. Then I said, I want to try metal karaoke. That absolutely crushes. So now I go up 15 minutes for Metallica. Screens have all the lyrics. And go. I picked five metal karaoke songs. Sing along. And it went from... War Pigs to Black Sabbath, and, and they're all like one minute long. Yeah. War Pigs set, Judas Priest got nothing coming. Nice. Uh, Run to the Hills, Iron Maiden, and believe it or not, the biggest, loudest 
One yeah. was Pantera. Really? Walk. Wow. Dude, I'll show you. Wait, it's got to be on here. <laughs> I mean, to see women, the women. Respect. Walk. You talking to me? The whole arena. So now we got a sick party formula. Now we have exactly what Lars wanted and vision, which was a full-blown party. And uh, wait, is this it? Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. Here's uh, here's just uh, let me. Do, you gotta hear the respect one. The whole arena is singing it. So now we we discovered the Metallica pre-party. That's awesome. From beginning to end. But you got to hear it. Wait, wait, wait. You got to hear the respect. This, this is sick. Where is it? Dude, these are chicks. <laughs> look, at, look at how hopped up this chick is, right? Here we go. Where's my hardcores? Listen how loud they are. Ready? <laughs> they. That's awesome. And so, see them? Oh, yeah. No, tr- the chicks are drinking. The guys are drinking. It's a better visual. It's hard to, hard to you know, feel it on, on the, the podcast, the, but the, the video is The best great. thing was by night three, Madison was, you fucking go to hell, Fuck die. By show three, it was, this is a revolution on how to open concerts. This is awesome. Not many guys could pull that off like you, though. You have to know the band. You have to fucking do and, a lot of improv. And, and you have to th- lose your ego a little. Like some people are like, dude, you're a hype man. I go, yeah. Yeah, why and it's not? It's the best time of my life. And I started doing little comedy shows in between all the, and I said, if you got a Metallica ticket, you're allowed to walk in the door. Metallica fans were just com- and now they see a different side of me. Right. They see the stand up comedy side. It's and, and I tell you what, the band has been so generous to me. So good. Look at there's one um the new video that Lars just posted. And and I don't even know if they know this or it's true, but um one of the guys that work with them, two of the guys that work with them, came up to me and they went, I don't know if it's the show or it's because you're around. We've never seen them this loose and goofy. Really? They are. He goes, normally, they're, they're very business. They're very, they're intense. We're, we're, we're all on high alert. I don't know if it's this U.S. leg tour. He goes, we did a stadium tour. It wasn't like this. These guys are, they're goofing. They're I mean, right before Hetfield went on stage the other the other night, he comes he comes in the hallway where I'm standing, and he goes, "Hey, uh, you want to know why Farmer's thumbs smell so bad?" And he sticks him under his armpits. He goes, "I don't know." <laughs> and then I went, "I wish, I wish the eighteen thousand maniacs would have just saw what just went down." And then he laughs at me, and then you know you got Lars. You're looking at Lars right here. Yeah. Right before he goes on stage, he comes by me, 
Um, ah, damn it. He comes by me, and he gives me this huge hug. And it's just, he's loose, he's goose. Um, here it is. I'll just show you this visual real quick. Um, how the fuck do I play this thing? Here we go. See? Give him a hug. He just, you know, he's walking well, by, he stops. Well, I can answer the question. I don't know the band at all, but uh, it's different. You've made it different for those guys. And I want to, and, and wh- just like my stand-up, I'd just be gone. Right. The next, the next leg is Philly, which I love. Penn State, Pittsburgh. It's all the areas that I just, Albany, right. Buffalo, like, oh, oh, you have no clue. You have no clue. We're going to kick. We're going to wear you out. Right. We're going to wear you out before Metallica even goes up there. So, and but, that is my mission. But how does it work? How many dates have you done? We only did uh, the first eight or ten. We okay. have 34 cities, and we go into March. So you're pretty much on the road with Metallica from, until, until March. March. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. No, that is awesome. It's it doesn't suck, right? And, and D's excited, and and, uh, and it's just, and well, we all know each other. It's a beautiful thing. And, and I gotta ask you, part what, of me gets choked up. Yeah, go ahead. Because I wonder if James too, because he knows my situation. He loves D. I wonder if that's part of it too. He's like, dude, I want to help you out. Wow. I don't know. I would I would say it plays into it, which is pretty intense and amazing. Right. So I get, I get it drives me nuts when I see fan even Metallica fans are like, you're fucking you guys suck right you know you guys don't even you're prima donna you're there like you have no clue who the real people are. I only had one Metallica question, but I think you answered it because uh, well the the band's been around how many years? Help me out. Thirty seven. Oh, it's even higher than that. Yeah, Thirty-seven. It's, yeah, okay, it's at least it's at least thirty-seven. The only question I was going to ask you, but you sort of answered already, was uh, after all these years, do they still have fun on the road, or oh. is it, or is it a business, which is okay too? Like people have a successful business and they understand what it is, and it's, this is what we do. This is my job. That's your job, and we're we accept this. Or are they still having fun as well? I'm going to say they're still having fun, and because I see it with my own two eyes. They're giddy. They're fond. They're, um, and the fact that Lars and James and the band want something for their fans, for everyone to enjoy before they makes, – makes me realize they're in tune. They're still in love with it. They're still a passion. And when you see them play – and this is what blows my mind. I don't think all bands do this. Before every Metallica concert, they go in a tune-up room where nobody's allowed in there except for them, and they play for 35 to 40 minutes. Really? They're doing some songs. They're going to do that night. They haven't done but they ch- – and then I asked James, I so said, are you, are you, like, rehearsing? He went, no. He goes, that is the only world. He goes, I don't know where Lars has been or Kirk or Rob. We're all being pulled in different directions. I don't know if they came. They had problems with their wife or his kids or if they're distracted. or blah. He goes, that room – we need to be connected from the original band that we were before we go on that stage. Wow. And, and he goes, and that is where it's got to happen in there. Right. And they've been doing this their whole freaking career, which is so they're already playing for 35, 40 minutes before they even jump on and do another two wow. hours plus. How bad do you want to be in that room for that? 
I've been in there. <laughs> All right. I the first, the first, <laughs> the first night I dragged a kid from the crowd. That was the only great thing that I remember about Madison was I was able to take the seventeen-year-old boy and walk him into that room. He almost started crying. Sure. And it was the great to see his face. To go into that tune-up room and bring him in there for 10 minutes was the greatest thing right. in the entire world. So I did take something good away from Madison. I, I, uh, to change subjects, but the, we'll start wrapping up here, but I almost forgot to to ask you about Billy Joel, ACDC, oh. Madison Square Garden. Oh. I, I texted you immediately like, what the fuck? Here's, now, I know you've seen a lot, my friend. SNL and I mean, every, I mean, you know, your career is what it is. I don't have to sit here and explain it to anybody. That has to be pretty close to the, the coolest thing you've ever done in your life. It, Being a Long Island kid, growing up on Billy Joel in your Madison Square Garden, singing ACDC, and Billy Joel <laughs> isn't singing with you. It he's, was, he's your backup. It didn't suck. Holy Here's God. what happened. Please walk me through this a little bit. Um... My daughter turned 16. She's, I said, what do you want to do for your 16th birthday? I want to see Billy Joel. What? You want to see Billy Joel? Dad, that's like a legend. I saw Paul McCartney. I want to see Billy Joel. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. I can make that happen. Because, you know, her music is all over the place. Sure. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, mother F, F, N, N word, N word, slap that bitch, slash, shoot gun. <laughs> Billy's fucking Joel. Wow. Okay. So, my agent, same agency, says, Is there any way I can get three tickets for his 50 year anniversary? Because I'm pretty sure his 50 year anniversary, someone's going to show up. Maybe McCartney will show up. Maybe Elton John will pop in. Maybe a Bruce Springsteen. Somebody's showing up for sure. their 50th anniversary. That's a biggie. Yeah, no problem. You you want a box? No. I want seats. I want to be. I want to kick it. I'll pay for them. Yeah, no problem. No problem. He gets me seats. Great. His boss. Now it's the night of the concert. I'm having dinner. My wife and 16 year old are meeting me, right across the street from MSG. We're about to walk in, and. Uh, I guess Billy Joel's agent goes, text me, hey, Jim, meet, meet me by uh, whatever corridor. I meet him like, hey, what's going on, man? Thank you. You know, yeah, yeah. You want to meet Billy? Who? Uh, yeah. If it, yeah, absolutely. So I told my wife, like, oh my God, here we go. Here. I told my daughter, she's like, are we really meeting him? I don't know. We'll see. We walk in the room, he's on a computer. He's down. And the agent walks right up to him. Hey, Billy, I want you to meet uh, I want you to meet Jim Brewer. I want you to say hello to Jim Brewer. Billy Joe doesn't even acknowledge him. <laughs> doesn't look up. Keeps top. And I felt so stupid and awkward. <laughs> We've all been there. And I went, never mind. It's cool. I'm about 15, 20 feet away. I said, don't worry about it. Yeah. It, I, you know, it's for, we'll do it another time. And the agent goes, no, no, no. Billy, Billy, I want to introduce you to a, a friend of mine. And, and Billy goes, oh, uh, hey. And he leans back in his chair. So now I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. I've, uh, I walk up say, hey, man, I'm, I, I don't want to eat up a lot of time. I know you got to do a show. And I just um, 
Thank you, thank you so much for this. I go, uh, my my daughter's sixteenth birthday. I have all the things she wanted to do. She wanted to come see you in concert. And he looks at her. He goes, "You need to get a life, kid." And we laughed. It was funny. I said, "This is my eighth time seeing." He goes, "Never mind. Dad needs to get a life." <laughs> and then he goes, "I heard you're playing the Paramount." I went, "Yeah, I love that venue." He goes, "I love it. I love downstairs." I went, "Yeah, I love that place." He goes, uh, I heard you I heard you know Brian Johnson. Or no, he says, I heard you do ACDC. Oh yeah. I you know, I imitate him. I go, uh, you know, I Brian Johnson, my son, uh, you know, it's a great time now. Uh, yeah, my son. And he he goes, <laughs> my son, yeah, yeah. Because that's how he talks. He goes, he came here one time. I go, I know, he's he's saying shook me all night long. I saw it. So uh you wanna go out and do that tonight? Holy crap. I just got nervous for you, even though you did this already. And, that, and that's what I did. I went, holy. Uh, did you almost shit yourself? I, I did. I went, I I, I don't. Uh, I'm going to hire. I said, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to remember the words. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to. And he goes, yeah, you know what? We should have had you a sound check. And he looks at like a manager. He goes, you know what? Let, let, let's have Jim come. Why don't you come early one day and you, and you, and you work with the band, you hang out with the band, and then, and then we'll do it that night if, if you're up for that. Are you cool with that? I went, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. So now we leave and we go into another room. And in there, the, I'm meeting all these people and blah, blah, blah. And my wife's in there. It's freezing. We're putting our jackets. And uh, his guitarist, Tommy Burns, comes walking in the room. Long Island guy. Used to see him up at Sirius. Come on the show once in a while. I go, he go, Brewer, Brewer, you going to do ACDC tonight or what? I went, Tommy, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to remember the word. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to even. There's monitors all over the state. There's like 20 <laughs> monitors, Brewer. You think he can remember all them songs? <laughs> he goes, "Well, we we got back up. We got if you end up on Billy's piano, he's got this big monitor there. He, it's just his lyrics. Oh, you're not gonna forget the lyrics." I went, uh, he goes, Brewer, it's the 50th anniversary. You don't want to come for the 54th, the 57th, the 50th. You want to come for the 50th." I said he made he was very adamant that I should come for a sound check and meet the band. And he, and he goes, hold on a second, and he leaves. And he comes back, goes, he don't, he's fine, he's fine. Uh, Charlie, come here. All right, find out where Brewer's sitting, and then you come get him. Let me see what the songs are doing. We're doing songs. All right, you come on the tenth song right over here, have right after this, and then he'll come get you. And dude, knock it out of the park. You're gonna crush it. You're gonna crush it. And he leaves. And before I could think, I was like, what the fuck has just happened? So now we're in our seats, and I can't think. He's doing hit at the same time. I'm going. She was a fast machine. She was a <laughs> Mark Lee, she was a Snapchat. Oh my God! Uh, so, uh, saggy size. That's not saggy size. Saggy eyes. Uh, and and now I'm I'm going. Oh my God! It's four more songs. It's four more songs. Oh God! You can't even enjoy the concert. No. At this point. No. Nothing. You're just counting songs. Counting down. songs. 
to what a disaster this is going to be. I I don't sing. I didn't do warm up. When's the last time I sang? I don't. What if I can't read the monitors? What if the guy on the monitors typing too fast and I can't keep up? What if I can't hear the band? What this is this is bad. This is stupid. This is all <laughs> over the news tomorrow. It's tweeting everywhere. It's a disaster. All of a sudden, a guy comes. All right, Brewer, come on. You ready? Yeah. D, wife, faith, Lord, she turns to me and she goes, pray and make sure you're doing this for the right reasons. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are, as I'm walking away, the right – what is that? What's your intentions tonight, what Jim? Is my, yeah. And that's like, what? You, what? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> right. So now I go behind the stage. Stadium, uh, the, the, the MST, and I, he walks me up behind the stage, and I'm staring at Billy Joel in a spotlight, and he's singing New York State of Mind. I'm in a New York, and the crowd's like crying, oh, God, the greatest song ever. And the, now, I'm going to say it was the first time I was nervous in years. And when I'm nervous, don't talk to me. Don't, don't, just don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I get mean. So I'm staring at him going, okay, so I'm just going to walk out. I'm going to say, okay, it's 50 year anniversary. Thank you, Billy Joel. And uh, she was a fast machine. And it go- so, bro, just say, what do you think of Mets' new manager this year? I mean, you think we got a good spring training? You got to sign back Seth Bennett and all that? You feeling good about the okay, – shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck, fuck up. <laughs> bro, what are you looking all- yeah, bro, you look all nervous. Look at you, bro, he's tense. <laughs> shut the He goes, are you nervous? Oh, tr- trust me. You know, who was nervous? Who was, the, who was the pop star that was here? Miley Cyrus, she was nervous. She was nervous. She had to do two songs. She said, you don't understand. I'm singing with a legend. Like, You're not helping. <laughs> so now all of a sudden, I go, when is it? When is it? You go, oh, you'll know when he brings you up. Okay. Billy Joe walks to the mic. So, And you can see this all on YouTube. He goes, so, uh... I got a special guest tonight. I'm going to bring on a guest. I went, oh, no. You probably don't know him as a sinner. They're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> the, the, the cameras go up. This is why I came. This, they think Springsteen's coming out. They think, I mean, they're all like, oh, my God, the 50-year anniversary. This is fucking, this is it. Oh my God! This is oh my God! This is where I didn't think I didn't think about the special guest part. They're gonna hate me. And he goes, he's not known as a singer. Huh? What? Uh, uh, my, my, start people oh. start looking around. Yeah, they're looking around, and he goes, well, you may know him as Goat Boy. Goat oh. Boy! <laughs> Goat Boy! Again, this is what it comes down to. You might know him as. Uh, the goat boy from Saturday Night Live. And then he goes, he looks at, he look. He goes, we tried this song. This is a tough song he's going to try. This is a tough song. He goes, we, we tried this song, right? We tried this. this is a really tough song. Um, please help me welcome Jim Brewer. See if he pulls this off. Holy shit. Let's see if he can pull this off. Please welcome Mr. Jim Brewer. Grabs guitar, he's 
I was going to come out and say, Billy, thank you so much, 50-year anniversary. I say hello to my wife, 25 years, my daughter, 16th birth. All that went out the window. He went, I walked out. The crowd went bonkers. I mean, bonkers. I became Brian Johnson of ACDC. Now, when you watch the video, I look like a rock star. Yeah, you do. I squat down in the front, right? No, women's faces, they're rocking to me. And as I'm squatting down in my rock star stance and I'm pointing to women, I'm really not open. Watch it again. I'm reading the monitors. <laughs> I'm planning right in front of the monitor. You're on the fast machine. Come to Murdoch clean. And then when I knew it was the chorus, and I got up like I knew what they were singing. And then when the next verse hit, I planted right back down in front of a monitor again. So, and it felt so good to the point where I looked out like, if you want to do another one, I'm up for it. <laughs> I think you usually do Highway to Hell. I'm up for that one if you want to keep going. You guys want to hear another one? Oh, my God. Billy, you know Highway. You guys want another one? I think you do. And as high as I was is that moment. The next day, it's, come on, Dad, we're late for school. We're quite a little Jim put a sticker on the garbage. The garbage men are coming here, and you got to, all right, all right, I'm taking the garbage out. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's no. I, I, I was going to ask you what your, th- your daughter thought. Well. What did she think the in the fa- moment? That was a, that was a, uh, during the day. She was kind of in, in shock and awe after it. Because now the phone, bling, 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 Twitter, bling, 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 um, that Saturday, it was just me and her, and we're cooking together. We played Dean Martin, all that, and we cooked together. She goes, Dad, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was so freaked out that you were going to go on stage with Billy Joe. I said, Dad, he's, he's, that's legend. That's legend, Dad. I went, you were freaked out. How do you think I felt? She went, no, no, no. You didn't have to go to school the next day. I went, oh my God, even think of that. She went, yeah, yeah. Now, I got a lot of new friends, a lot of new <laughs> fake friends, but it would have been bad if that sucked. She was, I was not looking forward to the next day if that sucked. And that's something I never even thought about. Yeah, that's but fascinating. That's at the end of the day. Yeah. How everyone thinks I rehearsed it and I sat down. That's exactly how it went. That is a great story. It's true. Isn't that sick? It's it's amazing. (laughs) It's sick. It's amazing. He watched the video. You'll see me. I'm squatting right over a monitor. Right over a monitor. And when I'm putting my head down, I'm reading it. Yeah. It's awesome. You can't tell, but you needed to be anchored. I that was just that was your security blanket. That's my security blanket. Bro, it's not gonna get better than that. That was just amazing. You're good, bro. 
Wow, dude, we did two. I think hour we did and a half, hour forty. How, how long are we up to? Hour forty. I was up hour here at 40? noon. Yeah. No, we're good. We're not going to beat that. Oh, nah. uh, oh, what are you promoting? So you're, you're still oh, uh, you're still doing the Paramount? They I, just announced I, the final four, and it's a Metallica show, right? The October is a Metallica theme show. I'm going to oh. tell Metallica stories. I'm going to band. I'm going to do my regular stand-up, 45-minute, 50-minute stand-up. And then we'll do, like, Metallica stories and how I know them and stuff like that. So Very it's a Metallica cool. theme because I opened the door to pre-sale the Metallica fans. So cool. Um, and then November, December, January, February, we just – it's the final four, and all four shows are going on sale so people could buy whatever holidays. I'll be at one of those. Cool. Can't I look wait. forward to it. And what else? Patreon? What do you- I love Patreon. Yeah? I haven't dipped yet. Dude, I'm filming all. Metallica's allowed me to film all the behind the scenes. And we film everything. So it's a weekly episode of Me on the Road. A lot. It's all Metallica tour and my comedy tour all mixed together. It's We're up to. Who the fuck wouldn't sign up for that? That's Pe- amazing. People are signing. It's pretty for cool. You. It's real. If you watch it, though, I've seen Patreon. A lot of times just podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever. I'm, I feel like I'm overachieving. I put on a weekly, like, professional series. Right. It's, it's, it looks like a five camera shoot and editing. It's not. Well, I've always been a fan of your videos, too, on top of it. I, so, I, I think you should I go remember. back. To, I am. Are you going back? Oh, to that? I'm doing that. We're the characters, Brewer, the yeah, Christmas. The, yeah, the characters where Brewer like films all around his town. Is, yeah. And he plays all the characters. I, I, I'm I, going to do that again. Oh, good. You should. Now I can do great. it on Patreon. How, how do they get to your Patreon? Uh, I guess go to officialjimbrewer.com or if Patreon has their own page, okay. I guess it's on there. Just you, look up Jim Brewer. You know, we'll give you a nice plug in the description of this podcast. So it'll all be right there for everybody. Killer. And uh, Dee's all right. Everything's good. Everything's good for now. Yeah, she's going to say hello, especially after finding out I was with you. Oh, good. Yeah. She just called, too. So she's probably like, what's going on? <laughs> Tell her I love, love uh, her on the podcast. I will. I will. <laughs> all right. Uh, my pal, my friend for 25 fucking years. Yeah, man. You've always been very good to me. Good Boy. friend, too. I had great off, off cameras. Well, you off get, microphone talks with each other. We well, you gave me friends. some of the best uh, advice. You, Same here. I mean, and, I know. And then I think back to the days of you just being high, and your I say it every time I see you, but I would I would be wandering the earth when I got fired <laughs> in two thousand two, and Jimmy uh, Jim Brewer was also wandering in his own oh, yeah. in his own mind. And oh, I'd yeah. be I remember one time I was like <laughs> crossing the Canadian border or something, and I get a phone call from you, and you're like. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm I'm, uh, I'm crossing the Canadian border. I think it was going to the Montreal Comedy Festival or yep. something. Yep. And you're, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm in the woods. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm watching D. She's washing dishes. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how did I get here? You would you would get high and just yeah, hang and out I'd in the hang woods. Out in the woods. I loved it. And then you would just watch your wife as she's cleaning dishes. I just look at the house and watch <laughs> the shadows and listen to the trees and the screech owls and the deers walking it was you don't was, get high anymore right no i want i to, dipped though. i dipped back in i lo- i want uh, to badly really yeah. a little dipping i dip a little bit we'll talk when we're done <laughs> 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 and i'm gonna tell you the best advice you ever gave me but i didn't take it which one 
when I was miserable back in the day, mm. we don't have to go too deep in this shit. Yeah. I was miserable, and you were one of the guys that relied on and leaned on. And I would come home to my wife, my now wife, and go, man, he don't want to hear this shit. Because I needed to talk to yes. somebody. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. that whole O&A yep. universe was insane. Yep. And we yep. lasted 20 years, and that's a great run. But yep. too much was happening, and it was toxic, and we were all growing in different directions and all that. And I would I would look at you for advice, and you would go, just quit. Yeah. And I'm like- you got the money. I'm like, you can't quit ONA. And then you told me a story about SNL yep. where you were fucking miserable. I remember miserable. like it was yesterday. Miserable. And you were in the same boat as me and yep. said, but it's SNL. And she's like, just fucking quit. quit. You're miserable. Right. You're smoking pot. Right. You're fucking numbing yourself. Right. You said I would never stay in a job as long as I was miserable. Well, look at you. Right. I was like, jeez. Right. You can't leave SNL. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. So there you go. I didn't understand at the time. And to be completely honest with you i didn't take your advice at the time but it was always in the back of my head like, i know when this is over i will be just fine and look at you you're just fine and i'm just fine and here we are reconnecting again again my love pal i love you man no i love you i wanted to say it first you fuck i beat you <laughs> <laughs> joey take it away the great jim brewer that was awesome Awesome, my friend, is an understatement. As Greg said earlier, we'll leave you links to Jim's official webpage and the podcast he does with his amazing wife, Dee. Sincere love and light go out to the entire Brewer family. On behalf of myself and Westwood One Podcast Network, thank you for being our guest, Jim, on what might be the most insightful episode of OB Radio so far. So loyal listener, don't forget to leave a comment about this episode at Apple Podcasts or on social media. Support Jim Brewer whenever he's performing live in your town, or go to his webpage and buy something. And if you have anything left over after that, visit opradio.com for hats or shirts, and an on-demand stream of this podcast channel. Joey Salvia here, and once again, thanks for coming along for the ride at OP Radio. Westwood One Podcast Network. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. This week on Westwood One's Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, former Scorpions drummer James Kotak talks about the 30th anniversary of Kingdom Come. We've also got Simple Minds, Jim Kerr, and Frank Zappa's son, Amit Zappa. So don't you forget about me. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. (laughs) 